12 years, you didn't even know you had a son. But then one day, I ran away from military school to look for you. And I'll never forget the words you said when your eyes met mine. You're my what? Mr. Stratton? Yeah. Are you Edward Stratton III? That's me. Pleased to meet you. Hi. I'm your son. To join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. Will you, Edward, take this woman as your lawful and wedded wife? I will. And will you, Kate, take this man as your lawful and wedded husband? I will. With this ring, I thee wed. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of <laughs> Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. I've been doing this for over two years, and all of a sudden I blanked on the title. <laughs> well, today I'm going to be covering... Two episodes that I'm actually kind of looking forward to. I haven't seen them before, but just we get a couple character, a couple callbacks in these two episodes to characters that we've seen. One who we first met in season four entitled Daddy Rick. This episode, season five, episode 19 entitled Baby Blues, which aired on February 17th, 1987, has Rick... Fixing up an old classmate, now an unwed mother, with a contractor who has no idea he's dating a parent. And, of course, Season 5, Episode 20, Thoroughly Modern Mildred. Does the name sound familiar? If it does, you'll remember Kate's grandma Mildred. We met her in the second episode, Lost and Found. Yes, in this episode, which aired February 26th, 26th, 1987, when Kate's grandmother arrives with her new boyfriend, everyone is shocked that they are sharing a bedroom. That's going to rub me raw, I know it. When I get to the... I can just feel... Especially after Edward just criticized Rick for going a bit too far with the girl while he was out. While... Edward's, Edward was out, or Rick was out with a girl and he went too far? What's the implications here? I want to know, but we'll get to that. First of all, let's look at Baby Blues. This episode has a 7.4 out of 10 based on 16 ratings. We have, looks like possibly Alpha, um, we got Robert Krantz as the contractor. Apparently he doesn't get a name. We have Suzanne Snyder is Beth, returning character from Daddy Rick, who ended up going too far with her college boyfriend. She got pregnant. So I'm going to say it's been more than nine months. She could be a newly, uh, 
unwed mother to an infant, a newborn, a six-month-old. I don't think her baby is a year old at this point. It only happened towards the middle or end of... I think it was towards the end of season four. We also have Joe D. Rita, Reda, R-E-D-A, as boss. So I'm guessing it's a contractor's boss. And Bradley Gregg returning as Eric, or as I refer to him as, Eyeball Chambers from Stand By Me. So, before I get into it, I want to let you know that... The podcast does have a Facebook page. Together we're going to find our way an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Or just type in Silver Spoons podcast. It also has an Instagram at Silver Spoons podcast. Also it has an email address at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. And I do want to let you know that. Once I'm finished with the podcast as of December of 2020, I'm probably not going to be nearly as active as I was when I was covering the podcast. I might put, you know, pictures and stuff like that up there and celebrate, you know, the cast members' birthdays. But since the show will have been covered in completion and I'll be moving on to different strokes in January, covering, re-jumping back into season one. So... But if you want to start at the beginning and listen to all the Silver Spoons episodes, you'll most likely have to go on SoundCloud to do that. Because unfortunately, iTunes, the Punky Power podcast, only has so many episodes apparently that it will cover or that it will list up there, which I don't understand why. But all right, I'm, I'm looking forward to these two episodes. I really am looking forward to seeing these characters return one last time. So, let's get into it. Alright, we come out of the intro. We're at Burgers. Okay, so we see Eric slash Eyeball Chambers and Alfonso's hanging out. Don't know where Rick is. But, of course, Eric's complaining about if he doesn't do well on the midterm. His teacher threatened to keep him after school for study hall. Dude, if you don't do well in the midterm, I'd be thinking you're going to be eventually held back. Because, yeah. And Eric's complaining about not having any social life. <laughs> and Alfonso, the teenage boy that he is, is like, oh, wow, that's terrible. Can I finish your soda? Okay, I gotta ask this. Do you guys really are like, oh yeah, hey, can I drink your soda that you've already drinking out of? Like, maybe it's not a big deal to them, but it's like, eh. It's not like he's sipping off a bottle or anything. It's just a cup with no lid and a straw in it. So yeah, Eric's complaining about the fact, like, if he has to stay late every day, then Coach Dickinson will kick him off the soccer team. So he's on the soccer team. So maybe that's how Rick knows him, because I thought Rick was into playing soccer, too. He, he seems to be, the only sport I don't think we've ever heard, except for in season two when he was having difficulty with the, uh, b- the bassoon, was when Edward brought up Rick playing a football game that he found difficult at first, but then he uh, mastered it. I love how Alfonso's trying to fake being s- sympathetic to Eric's plight, but it's like, hey, you gotta finish those fries? And Eric's like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, this guy's got his priorities all out of whack. Why haven't we seen Rick? I really don't care about Eric's plight and the fact that some girl named Marianne won't go out with him if he gets off kicked off the soccer team. 
And Alfonso says, oh, too bad. Can I finish your slaw? <laughs> oh, God. This guy does not care. Like, yeah, sure. Uh, go ahead. Okay, here comes Rick. Finally. So Rick comes in. He sits down. He's like, hey, guys. And I guess he goes in for the col- I'm guessing that's coleslaw. And Alfonso slaps his hand away saying, hey, get your own. So, has Rick not been to Burgers for a while? Or maybe Beth just started? And then Alfonso, well, Rick says, Hey, can I have that? And Alfonso slaps his hand away and says, No, get your own. And Rick says, Alright, I will. (laughs) And he's like, Alright, but be prepared to meet an old friend. And Rick's like, Who? Alfonso says, Beth. Oh, Beth McMillan, that's what Eric says. You know, the one who had to leave town. And she's working here at Burgers. Her parents, what, probably sent her away to an aunt's house or something to that effect, maybe? to Until she had the baby? Yeah, so Mrs. Kramer told me if I don't do well on the midterm, she's going to make me stay after school for study hall. I won't have any social life at all. That's terrible. Can I finish your soda? Sure. And if I have to stay late to study every day, Coach Dickinson will kick me off the soccer team. Bummer. Want those fries? <laughs> oh, well, oh, if I get kicked off the soccer team, oh, Mary Ann Fuller won't go out with me. Too bad. Can I finish your slaw? <laughs> hey, guys. Mm. Hey, get your own. <laughs> Fine, I will. Get ready to meet an old pal. Huh? Beth McMillan, the one who had to leave town. And she's working here. She is? Oh, yeah. Hey, Beth. Rick, hi. Hi, you're you're back in Shallow Springs? Yep, couldn't resist its charm. (laughs) So, how are things? Things are fine. Great, and, um... How's everything? Everything turned out to be a beautiful eight-pound baby boy. (laughs) I named him Max. Congratulations. (laughs) Did you ever get, you know, did did you? No, I didn't get married. I'm living with my parents. Oh, that's, that's great. Sometimes. So, you're working here at Burgers, huh? Uh Uh-huh. And I'm trying to get my high school diploma by going to night school. Terrific. Actually, you know, it's not so bad. <laughs> hey, come on, Beth. You want to get back in there and clean up the mess? What a jerk. Not so good either. We hold on. I'll be right back. So, yeah, Beth is actually like, hey, Rick, how you doing? He's like, yeah, how is everything? She's like, everything's good. And he's like, how is everything? Because he knows that she's pregnant. The, the rumor, you know... Everyone's like, oh, she had to leave town, but they probably don't know that she had a baby. And she says, yep, it's an adorable eight-pound baby boy I named Max. And I was like, aw, and she's living with her parents. She's going to night school so she can get her GED. And her boss is a real butthead. Like, oh, you clean up the mess in there in the kitchen. Like, uh, she's like, oh, not so well. Can you hang out here for a bit? I'll be right back in. Seems like he's hanging around for an, uh, a few hours or something, because, uh, yeah. He's got his his hand holding up his head, and he's, like, looking at his watch. 
I don't know if she meant you had to wait her entire shift, but... I'm sorry it took so long. Long? What long? I hardly noticed. <laughs> um, this is the first time I have been off my feet all day. <laughs> hey, Beth, you know what you need? A hot bath. Oh, yeah. No, 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 I mean after that. You need to cut loose. Yeah, right. Well, look, Alfonso's having a party tonight. All She's the old gang will be there. Why don't you go? I don't fit in anymore. I'm sure you do. <sighs> Everyone is into proms, boyfriends, and trendy clothes, and I'm into diapers. Well, Beth, that's all the more reason to come to the party. Take a break. Have a few laughs. You might even meet somebody. <sighs> yeah, right. I'm going to meet some 17-year-old who's ready to settle down and provide for me and my kid. Pretty stupid, huh? No, it's okay. I mean, I would love to meet someone, but there aren't that many knights in shining armor. <laughs> hey, Beth, come on, come on, come on! Those restrooms ain't gonna clean themselves, you know. What a jerk! It's hard to believe he used to run a charm school. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you later. So Beth comes out like, oh, well, you didn't have to wait, but thank you for waiting. And, you know, she sits down and she's just so relieved. Like, this is the first time I've been off my feet all day. And you can tell that she and Rick are completely two different worlds now. Because he's like, hey, Alfonso's throwing a party. Why don't you come back and see the old gang? You know, your old friends and everything like that. Maybe you'll meet someone special. And she's like, my life is all about diapers and raising a baby. She's a single mother. Not to mention she's trying to get her GED, Rick. I don't think romance is at the top of her list. And she says about, the, hey, she, you know, there aren't many knights in shining armor that will provide for her and her kid. Granted, this is 87, where you think it's She'd have more of an attitude, like, I'm going to provide for my son and I. And, uh, I mean, she's living under her parents' roof and everything and working a minimum wage job, trying to, you know, pay for diapers and formula and clothes and all that stuff. And whether or not her parents charge her rent and, you know, she's got to buy groceries for her and her kid. I mean, I, I don't know. But it's just, Rick's just got his, because Rick is a 17-year-old. His priorities are all like, hey, going to school, playing sports, parties. And she's basically a 17-year-old adult. Like, her days of doing that and cutting loose and having fun, those days are like a blip on the radar. So her jerk of a boss, what's up his butt, who knows? She's like, hey, those restrooms are going to claim themselves, Beth. Like, ugh. I hope that Beth gets a better job than whoever's running burgers. Which, wait a minute. I'm trying to remember. Remember in season three when Lulu bought, I thought she bought burgers. So at one point she must have said, you know, forget it. Retirement sounds better. And she must have just said, whoever wants can have it. Put the business up for sale. Retired somewhere. To see the world like she and her husband were going to play to do before he passed. But now we're getting to the Stratton kitchen, and we got, uh, this must be the contractor who's wearing green and black plaid shirt, and he looks like he's got, what are they building now? 
you know, season, the beginning of season four was all about Kate building her dream house. Are they fixing something? Are they adding on to something? I already got 20 plus rooms in that house. Do they need another? A patio wall. Okay, interesting, because the contractor is saying how they'll have more shade in the summer. Gotcha. Yeah, they probably didn't have one of those, you know, awning things that you see commercials for that you just, like, pull down. Oh, it's environmentally friendly. With this contractor, you won't have to kill any trees by adding a patio wall. Howard says, oh, the trees are like that. Okay, his name is Joe. We do have a name. He's not just contractor. But Kate says, oh, wow, your design is absolutely beautiful. And Edward says, well, the patio could definitely use some updating. And Kate just looks at him and rolls her eyes and says, the ruins of Rome look better than that patio. So we learned that Joe is a bit on the young side. So does that mean he's, what, 18, 19 years old? And Edward, of course, wants someone who's got experience under their belt. Like, how many years have you been doing this? How many projects have you completed? Yelp didn't exist, so he couldn't go check out this guy's handiwork on, you know, from previous customers. So, and they're kind of asking how much work has he done. He's like, oh, um, including yours? They're like, yeah. He's like, uh, let me see. Uh, one. So I can see their hesitance. Like, if this is, he's, you know, a rookie at this. But he seems passionate. His design, you know, Kate already said the design looks great. So, sometimes newbies just need that, you know, someone to believe in them and that they can, yeah. And Edward and Kate are like, one? Oh, really? So, then we're kind of like your big break. And Joe says, uh, yeah, you could say that. You know, think about it. If he does good for the Strattons, that's money in the bank right there. That's a heck of a recommendation. It's like, yeah, I just worked on the Stratton Mansion, their patio. If you're going to dip your toes into the world of contracting, go with a big account and you do a fabulous job, you've you've got a heck of a recommendation that's going to follow you for a long time. Or at least a great way to get your feet wet. All right, Edward's like, well, you got it. He's like, yes! Now, by putting your patio wall over here, you're going to have more shade in the summer, and you're not going to have to kill any trees. Trees are like that. <laughs> Joe, your design looks beautiful. Thank you. There's no doubt about it. Patio needs some updating. Updating? Edward, there are ruins in Rome that look better. <laughs> well, Joe, you're a little young. How many contracting jobs like this have you handled? You mean all together? Uh-huh. Including yours? Yeah. One. One? So we're sort of your big break, huh? You could say that. Well, you got it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, Dad. Hey, Rick. Say hello to the world's newest patio designer and builder, Joe McCluskey. How you doing, Joe? Nice to meet you. Are you any relation to Crazy Legs McCluskey? Oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, it used to be me. You were the best running back in our school's history. Dad, the trophy case at school is full of awards with his name on them. Wow! Our patio's gonna be done by Crazy Legs McCluskey. <laughs> when he finishes the job, he'll probably go... <laughs> I think this young man's gonna go far. 
Hey, say, Joe, what was the most touchdowns you ever scored in one game? Seven. And what about the total yards you rushed for? 310. Whoa! Hey, are you married? Do you like kids? <laughs> Never mind. I mean, gosh, some of the guys on the football team sure would love to meet Crazy Legs McCluskey. I doubt that. Look, there'll be a Burgers after the game today. Could you drop by and say hello? Well, I don't know if... It you... would mean an awful lot to them. They've had a tough season. Even the cheerleaders are booing. <laughs> Legend would get them through the tough times ahead. Give them something to shoot for in the years to come. All right, all right, I'll go. I'll meet you there around four. Four o'clock. All right, this is your copy. I'm going to leave it here with you. I'll take okay. this one and thank you again. I do appreciate oh, it. Oh, yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Four. four. What the heck was that about? Dad, do you remember Beth McMillan? It was the girl who got pregnant. Yeah, she had a baby boy. Aww. She did? Hey, hey, that's wonderful. That's not so wonderful, Dad. You see, she's back in Chalice Springs and raising the baby on her own. Well, doesn't she have help from her parents? Yeah, but they're old. I mean, they're almost 40. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you know, besides, a baby boy needs a father. Someone had to show him how to throw a football. Hey, I can throw a football. But, Kate, you throw like a girl. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Rick, it's nice of you to try to fix Joe and Beth up, but don't you think you're kind of meddling again? Yeah, you're going to do that. Yeah, remember what happened with Kate's niece? Yeah, you got the poor girl a date with Brad. Ew. Oh, come on, Kate. She was going to join the convent anyway. <laughs> so we learn the contractor's name is Joe McCluskey, and Rick, who comes in, he says, Are you in any relation to Crazy Legs McGusky? And Joe's like, Yeah, that's me. And he's like, well, Rick's like, wow, you were a legend in high school. I guess he got like seven touchdowns and like 300 and whatever yards. And Rick was like, hey, we could really use that enthusiasm and that gung-ho attitude with our current team. They absolutely suck. Even the cheerleaders are booing. Can you come to Burgers and inspire them and tell them all about your glory days? And Joe is like, I, mm, I don't know. Mm. So Joe finally does agree and he takes his papers and blueprints and everything and he leaves. Joe is also a running back. Interesting. Okay, I don't, like I said, I don't know anything. Hey, Quinny, how you doing? <laughs> She's passing the by the podcast room. I see your tail, Quinny. <laughs> oh wow he scored it has a lot of awards in the trophy case at shallow Springs school with his name on him oh that is amazing definitely can see why rick looks up mm, he wants uh, the football team to be inspired by this of someone who who made it who was a football star in high school and then he became a contractor klusky okay gotcha <laughs> kate's like yeah our, our Patty is going to be done by Crazy Legs McCluskey. And Edward does this, what seems like a regular football touchdown with the legs kind of swing, you know, bent, swinging in and out. And it's like the fingers up with others. Yeah. Oh, seven touchdowns in one game and 310 yards. Edward starts getting a little personal. Like, hey, are you married? Do you like kids? Oh. Joe 
kind of looks back at Edward and Kate, and they look up like, Rick, why are you asking such personal questions? Yeah, Rick says how the guys would love to meet Crazy Legs McGlusky, and Joe's like, eh, I don't think they would. It's like, no, really, they would. So it seems like he's, Rick's kind of browbeating. I'm like, please, please say you'll be there at 4 o'clock. He even reminds him of the time. Remember, tomorrow at 4. Is it just me or the guy kind of want to put his glory days behind him? <laughs> so when jo- Joe leaves, Edward looks at Rick like, what was that all about? And Rick brings up Beth McMillan. Kate's like, oh yeah, the girl who got pregnant. Yeah, the one who you took upstairs to have a talk with. And she finally agreed to tell her parents that she was pregnant. And he's like, yeah, she had a baby boy. And Edward's like, wow, that's wonderful. And Rick's like, yeah, not so wonderful. She's back in Shell Springs and working part-time as a waitress and trying to get her GED by going to night school. She's living with her parents. She says that, oh, wait, no. He says she's raising the baby on her own, own, and that's when Kate's like, well, what about her parents? Rick's like, yeah, but they're old. They're at least almost 40. And Edward looks at him like, Excuse me? Like, your dad is like 43. That is not old. Even Kate looks at him like, I'm almost 40, young man. So, Rick's like, yeah, a baby boy needs a father and a role model. And you think this contractor wants to help raise a child? I mean, Beth made it pretty clear. She's not looking to go down memory lane and go to parties and be an irresponsible teenager. She's a single mother. Oh, yeah. Rick brings up, like, oh, he the baby boy needs a man in his life who will show him how to throw a football when he gets old enough to hold one. Kate's <laughs> like, hey, I can throw a football. And Rick says, yeah, but you throw like a girl. Uh, well, she is a girl. That might be why. So Edward sits down at the table and he's like, that's great that you want to set up Joe and Beth, but don't you think you're meddling again? And Rick's like, meddling? What are you talking about? And Edward brings up the fact that Rick set up Kate's niece with Brad, which, what is wrong with you? Rick, seriously? And Rick's like, oh, well, she's going to join the convent anyway. So you set her up with Brad? Okay, I gotta ask. This niece, I... Wasn't under the impression that Kate had siblings? We know Edward is an only child. Rick's an only child as of late. You you got the girl, poor girl, a date with Brad. Ew. Rick, have some taste for other people. You think they want... A, I don't know how long the girl stayed there or how well he, he knew her, but you really think you want to... Uh, I think you should have introduced her to Alfonso. Out of all your friends that you currently have, he would have been the one. Alright, now we're going to Burgers, and Rick's got Joe there with him, and I'm thinking it's to set up Joe and Beth, which this irritates me. She didn't ask for you to set her up with somebody. Does she look like she's looking for romance? She's working Part-time, she's trying to get her GED, and she's raising a kid. She doesn't have time for romance and a relationship that will complicate things. Well, here we are. Boy, the guy's going to be excited. (laughs) 
What guys? I see no guys. Doesn't look like any of the teams here. Well, you know, they're still celebrating. They only lost by two touchdowns. <laughs> hey, look, there's one of your biggest fans right now. Hey, Alfonso, look who this is. Crazy Legs McCluskey. Who? Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah. I'm touched. Well, Joe, there's someone else I really want you to meet. Oh, another fan. Beth, Beth, this is Crazy Legs McCluskey. Crazy Legs? That, that's a nickname. I used to play some football. Really? I used to watch it. <laughs> Beth? The tables. Okay. Beth, it, it's okay. I got them. No, it's okay. No, Beth, please. She's going to do Take her a break. She's going to get fired. Jack Dingle. Dude. <laughs> She's going to lose her job if you're an idiot. So, yeah, Joe goes in there. It's like, where are the guys? You said there'd be football player kids here that needed to be inspired. Everyone's like, oh, well, they're still celebrating. They only lost by two touchdowns. And it's like, oh, here's one of your fans here. Here's Alfonso. Alfonso, look, it's Crazy Legs Mag McClinty or whatever. As, and Alfonso's like, oh, hey. And he goes and sits down next to some girl. It's like, oh, here's someone else I want you to meet, Joe, or Crazy Legs. <laughs> here's Beth. And Beth is like, oh, your name is Crazy Legs, huh? And he's like, oh, well, that's just a nickname. Her boss is a raging hemorrhoid. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he is. Like, Beth! Get working on those tables! Like, dude, show yourself, take a powder, and keep yourself from having a freaking road attack. You jerk. He's a jerk. All he has to say is, hey, Beth, um, do you want to get the tables if you got a sec? He doesn't got to be like, Beth, get the tables! Like, come on. Come on. You don't got to be a jerk. You can see why that Hope Wanted sign stayed in your window for so long. Because you have a lot of turnover. So Beth goes to get the container to collect dishes and silverware and cups and everything like that. But Rick like practically wrestles it out of her hands. Like, no, no, you take a break. I got this. Dude, that is her job. You are going to get her fired. And then we're going to have real big problems. She doesn't need to be sitting socializing with a guy when she's on the clock. You don't determine when her break is. That's what her boss is there to do, which I'd like to know. He better be giving her a break. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, Edward's right. Rick is meddling. Stop. You can't just put two people together and hope there's a love connection. See you, Rick. And, uh, tell the guys thanks for the big turnout. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, Joe. Bye. Well, seems like you and Joe had an awful lot to talk about. Yeah, he's a very interesting guy. And stable, sincere, reliable. He's not Brick. He already asked me out. Well, that's great. Yeah, except he asked me out for tonight. So? So, my folks are going out tonight. I don't know if I can get a sitter on such short notice. Well, sure you can. I'll babysit for you. Have you ever taken care of a baby before in your life? Are you kidding? Bring People who would her. never even think of having children have them just so I can take care of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not... Just relax, okay? I've taken care of lots of babies. Now, what time should I be at your place? Uh, well, he wants to pick me up at 7, 
So, would it be okay if I brought the baby over to your house? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But why? Uh, well, the truth is, is I didn't tell Joe about the baby. How come? Because the last three guys I dated did a quick disappearing act the minute they found out. Beth, he's gonna find out sooner or later. Later is better. Beth. Rip. Okay. I'll tell him tonight. After the meal. <laughs> Good. Well, this is working out great. You've got a date, and I just made three dollars in tips. <laughs> All right, so Joe asked Beth out for a date, and Rick's like, that's great. And she's like, no, he asked me out for a date tonight, and I can't because my parents are going out, and I don't have anyone to watch my son. So Rick's like, hey, you know what? I can watch him for you. That way you can go out on this date. Uh, it turns out she didn't. Well, she says, that's fine. I mean, have you ever watched a kid before? Have you watched a baby before? Because he's really young. And Rick's like, oh, people have babies just so I can watch them. Yeah. <laughs> and she tells him that she didn't tell Joe about her son because she says kind of just drop him off, my son off at your house. Because Rick is going to actually go over to her place to babysit. And she says she didn't tell Joe about her son because the last three guys she dated like split the minute she mentioned, oh I have a little baby boy at home. Bye. Because it seems like whenever it's a single parent, it's like, oh, I don't want that added responsibility. There's a kid involved that's going to cramp my style. That kind of. I'm guessing that her baby daddy split when he found out she was pregnant and she doesn't get any child support from him or any of that stuff. So let's see how this goes. Are we going to see a baby or are we just going to get a wah wah effect and a little bassinet that has a baby crying but we never see the baby let's see how this goes hey, hurry up gonna be late our reservation is was five minutes ago <laughs> i'm sorry I'm, I'm just not sure what you wear to a tahitian restaurant tahitian. is this all right do you have it in topless <laughs> oh i wore it to lunch today <laughs> Hey, partner, give me five. Oh. Yeah, make that one. <laughs> hey, we gotta go. Oh, do we have to? Yes, we have to. <laughs> oh, all right. Rick, do you have all the necessary emergency telephone numbers? I sure do, Kate. Chicken to go, Pizza Express. <laughs> For this baby, not you. <laughs> I'll be fine, guys. You just be careful with him, all right, Kate, Rick? I will. Okay. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. You know that she's um, in here. Okay. 
I think I've got everything here. Diapers, lotion, powder, formula, teething ring. And if he gets fussy, all you have to do is do the walk and bounce, you see? Walk and bounce. Put him right to sleep. Piece of cake. Okay. And as soon as I find out where we're going, I'll call you, just in case there's an emergency. Uh, I hope that there won't be an emergency. Well, you relax. I have everything under control. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> no, you're really special. Well, go on, okay? Enjoy yourself. Okay, and now, Max, you be a good little boy for Uncle Rick. <laughs> Would you go? Okay. Have fun. Bye. So, Max, what'll it be? TV, poker, trivial pursuit? <laughs> yeah, we've got the baby boomer edition. <laughs> here, here you go, Max. Here you go. Okay, Come on, easy now. Easy. Here you go. Easy. Take it easy. Come on, Max. Walk and bounce. Walk and bounce. So it looks like Kate and Edward are going to a uh, Tahitian restaurant. And Kate thinks maybe she's overdressed, underdressed. Like, what do you wear to a restaurant like this? And he's like, oh, do you have anything topless? <laughs> the doorbell rings. It's Beth with baby Max. And she's got, like, a car seat thing set up. And at first, you know, with the blanket on, like, oh, they're not going to show the baby. But they do show the baby. And... Of course, Kate is so anxious. Like, I want to hold the baby. Oh. And I thought she was going to get baby fever. <laughs> and she's holding the baby. And she's like, now, Rick, are you going to be okay here? Do you have the emergency numbers? And I know that Beth is a bit worried, like, to leave. Like, I don't know. I'm a little nervous. You know, when I find out where we're going, I'll, you know, give you the number I'll call just make sure everything's okay and Rick's like I got this go it's gonna be just fine and Rick's like telling Max like hey you want to play poker trivial pursuit I got the baby the baby boomer edition or something like that this is what irritates me the fact with this cry is so fake and it's not from the baby. It just sounds like a, ba- a woman go, meh, meh, meh. It's like, ooh. That baby is not the slightest bit upset. You see its face and it's just like absolutely fine. I love how Beth was showing Rick the walk and bounce. Like if he gets upset because she's like, yeah, I got diapers and diaper cream and baby powder and she didn't say any did she say anything about baby formula or anything bottles yeah going back to when Kate's holding baby Max and he's got a this looks like a fake phone or something in his mouth and he's like honey we gotta go and she's like oh do we have to she's just gazing so lovingly at this baby you know she wants to have one of her own she's like let's go have a baby Let's make a baby. <laughs> and Edward's like, yes, we have to. <laughs> Gotta go to the center because we're already late. And they probably gave her reservation away. I love how <laughs> Kate's like, just be careful with him, okay? <laughs> we don't need you breaking this baby. But the baby looks like he is at least, I'd say, four to five months old, maybe. Maybe six. Definitely not a newborn. <laughs> Beth really looks nice. I like that she got her hair kind of curled. It looks really... She does look like a mother. 
She just looks a lot older than the high schooler she was in last season. But it seems like, you know, probably being a young mother, she had to, you know, grow up quite a bit. She does say diapers, lotion, powder, and formula. Gotcha. Because I can't imagine she's going to be out for hours on end. That baby's going to have to go to sleep eventually. Uh, if you just listen to the baby. It's so fake. It's not even funny. Now, I've heard different, ba- you know, a similar baby cry they seem to use in, like, movies and whatnot. They could have used that baby cry. And that would have been a thousand times better than this one. (laughs) Um, you don't want to be asleep with that babe. Oh, Oh, the baby's just sitting in the thing. Honey, have you seen what you have? Aren't they cute? Yeah. When you see them like that, doesn't it make you want to have one? No. <laughs> oh, you're soaked. Oh. I'm wake the babysitter. No, no, I'll change him. freak out when he wakes up and the baby is gone. Oh, oh my god! I'm bad, so I'm <sighs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh god, no. Oh no. Max! Max! Don't do this to me! Max! 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 Wherever you are! Max! Oh, Max! He went to the movies. <laughs> don't worry, Kate's changing him. Dad, don't ever, ever, ever do that to a babysitter. Here he is, all fresh and clean. Look at that face. Well, Kate, I'll take it from here. No, you sure, won't. now. No, you won't. Well, you think you can stay awake long enough for us to go to sleep? Oh, sure can. Go to sleep, guys. Right. Good night, Max. Good night, guys. Bye. Bye. Honey. Forget it. Don't even think about it. Yeah. He wants to have a baby so oh, bad. Oh, that must be them. Now look, partner. Don't tell your mom I fell asleep. There you go. Hi. Hi, I'm sorry I'm so late. No problem. I was waiting up for you guys. Hi, Nancy. There you go. <laughs> Where's Joe? I had him drop me off at home. Oh. So you didn't tell Joe about Max? Eh. It was such a nice night, I didn't want to spoil it. Besides, we're going out on Monday night, I can tell him that. Another date? Well, then it really did go well. It went great. (laughs) You see, I knew it. I knew you two would hit it off. Boy, I'm good at this. (laughs) So, yeah, we come back from the commercial and we see... Baby toy, baby lotion, baby powder. I don't know what those tall pink bottles are. I don't think they could be formula. They might be. Baby wipes, 
Rick is passed out cold on the couch, and baby Max is on the floor in his car seat, and Kate and Edward come home, and it's like, oh, Kate is just too in love with this baby. I love how the baby's not asleep. The baby's just so content to play with its little toy. Rick's holding a little baby tambourine. <laughs> so Kate and Edward come in, and Edward's like, hey, have you seen my... And Kate's like, shh, 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 shh. Kate's like, oh, aren't they cute? Rick's sleeping on the couch and the baby's just hanging out in its little uh, car seat. Everett's like, yeah, it's cute. And <laughs> Kate's like, oh, when you see them like that, doesn't it make you want to have one? And Everett's like, no, it doesn't. So Kate lifts Max out of his car seat and she realizes that he's got a soaked bottom. He needs a diaper change. And Edward's like, you want me to wake the babysitter? Because Rick's, you know, asleep. And she's like, no, 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 I got this. She's going to relish this baby time because this is the only baby time she's going to be getting. So Edward gives her a spare set of pajamas for the baby and they got a diaper and she is just ready to just get her baby fix. So, Edward goes into the kitchen, and when he shuts the door, Rick wakes up, and then he looks down and sees that Max's car seat is empty, and he's like, Max, Max, where are you? Where are you? Don't do this to me, Max! Edward comes out, biting into an apple, and he's like, oh yeah, he went to the movies. And Rick's like, don't ever do that to me again! Oh my gosh! And he's like, no, no, Kate's changing his diaper and putting him in a new set of pajamas because he's all wet. So Kate comes out with baby Max. He's in a yellow onesie. And Rick's got his arms open like, all right, I'll take him now. And Kate looks at him like, yeah, sure, now that he's dry. So Edward asks, like, are you sure you can stay awake long enough for us to be able to go to sleep? And Rick's like, oh, yeah, sure. Go to sleep, guys. I got this. And Edward's like, good night, Max. And Kate's like, oh, good night, guys. And you just, <laughs> Kate, like, Edward, do you think we could? And he's like, don't finish that thought. No, the answer is 100% no. Oh, she's like, honey. And he turns to her and is like, forget it. Don't even think about it. Yeah, you, you know that he's clearly going to be uh, making sure that they don't have a kid using all the precautions that he has in his arsenal. Because <laughs> he's 43. He doesn't want to be a father again. He's already got a 16-year-old. Why would he want to start at square one? And Rick <laughs> hears the doorbell and like, oh, that must be them. Now, remember, buddy. Remember, partner. Don't tell your mom that I fell asleep. <laughs> I love the baby's looking upward, probably because that's where all the lights are on the set. Like, oh, look at the lights. Okay, so the door closed on its own. I thought he had just went to open. Uh, I guess. So, yeah. She's like, hey, Maxie, how's it going? So, Rick asks where Joe is, and Beth says, well, I had him drop me off at home. So, I gotta ask, why Rick Schroeder's got at least a few buttons undone on his shirt? It's just got to be clearly for the sex appeal for the teenage girls. So, Rick kind of figures that Beth did not tell Joe about Max. It's like, look, it was their first date. And granted, probably should have been honest, but, you know, that's up to her discretion. She says, we were having a great time. I didn't want to ruin it. We're going out on Saturday, so I'll tell him then. Oh, she says, we're going out on Monday night. I'll tell him then. And Rick's surprised. Like, wow, another date. It really did go well. And Rick says, wow, boy, you hit it off. I knew I was good at this. Basically, 
playing matchmaker and setting people up. All right, looks like it's the next morning. Morning, Kate. Hey, Kate, where's Dad? Huh. Where else? Outside supervising the work. <laughs> hey, swing that head over this way, Hank. Look out, Mr. Stratton. Ah! <laughs> you sure you're okay, Mr. Stratton? Oh. I'm Why okay. Out there in his bathroom. I'm not so sure about that two before. <laughs> two by four? Well, you better hurry, Edward, because I'm going to work in about five minutes. Who was that woman? <laughs> hey, Joe, you want some coffee? Oh, yeah, thanks. So, how do you like Beth? Oh, Rick. I liked her a lot. A whole lot. In fact, we're going out again tonight. I know. I, I, I mean, I thought you would like her. I mean... <laughs> Beth really is terrific. Yeah, yeah and so is her baby. <laughs> oh! Drop that bomb. Baby? What baby? Yeah, Max, Beth. Yeah. Hey. Thanks, Kate. Oh, that was not your I think news. I goofed. Say. Yeah, that that is another way of putting it. <laughs> Joe, Beth was gonna tell you tonight, honest. Oh no, that's okay. I understand, really. I mean, what difference does it make? Anyway, I gotta get back out to the baby. I mean, uh, backyard. <laughs> It's so it's the next morning and Joe's working on their patio. I don't know why the heck Edward's out there sur- sur- supervising in his because he comes in in his robe. I guess he got hit in the back of the head by a two by four, which don't go lay down because you might have a concussion. And Kate's like, if you're not ready, I'm out in five minutes. I'm going to work, so you need to go get dressed or you're going to drive yourself. And Rick's like, hey, Joe, you want some coffee? And he's like, yeah. So he's like, hey, how'd things go with uh, Beth? She's pretty nice, huh? And Joe's like, yeah, yeah, she's really nice. She's incredible. And Kate comes, t- oh, yeah, I hear you. you're going out again Monday. And Joe looks at him surprised. It's like, well, Beth told me you were going out. And Kate comes down like, oh yeah, she's incredible, Beth is. And her baby boy is just adorable. And it's like, and Joe has no idea. Like, what baby? What are you talking about? And Rick's like, oh, Kate, why? And Kate didn't know. Yeah, she let the cat out of the bag. It wasn't her news to tell, but she didn't know. Or else she knew Beth probably, in her mind, Beth probably already told him. Like, why wouldn't she have told him? So, and... It seems like Joe kind of shrugs it off, like it's not a big deal, but clearly the fact that she didn't say anything probably bothers him a little bit, but I don't know, maybe he'll shrug it off and say, hey, it's not a big deal, you got a kid, that's fine. Doesn't make him like her any less, because she's a single mother. Hi. Hi. (laughs) How's my little pal? (laughs) Max is fine, he talks about you constantly. (laughs) (laughs) So, how'd it go on date number two? He canceled. Oh, crap. What? He said he had to work late. Yeah. Well, Beth, you know on that business It's you... okay, Rick. I kind of expected it after you told me what happened. Beth, I'm really sorry it happened this way. Don't worry about it. You know, I don't have time today. I just asked my boss if I could work some extra hours. You did? Yeah. So, if you're offered to babysit Max, is still open. I could really use you to watch him tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, sure, you can watch me play with my computer. 
terrific. Max loves computers. So... And the thing is, the, these tables on the set are not bolted to the floor because when Rick stands up, he puts his hand down on the table where his books are and the table wobbles. Like, okay, you gotta watch how you're putting your weight on it when you stand up. But it turns out Joe canceled because I guess he had to work or something and Rick's like, hey, look, I'm sorry about how it happened. She's like, it's not a big deal. I don't have time to date anyway. I actually asked my boss for extra hours. And she says, if you're still available to watch Max, that would be really good. Oh, I love how he's like, hey, how's the little, how's my little pal? And Beth says, oh, he's, he's doing good. He talks about you constantly. And yeah, he agrees. Like, yeah, yeah, he can watch me, you know, work on my computer. We, I, I swear literally when was the last time we saw him play around with this computer season three it's i don't think he ever touched that thing in season four we're almost literally done with season five after like four more episodes after the next one so but max is chilling in his little uh car seat on the couch he's got a blanket and i love how rick's just explaining the computer that monitor is so tiny and it's 1987 so but this just looks like a homemade computer that rick put together on his own it doesn't look like like a, a macintosh or apple computer or anything like that see max like i told you it's really very simple first you load your dos to boot it up <laughs> are you listening to me <laughs> Good. And next, you gotta make sure it's a 2.0 and not a 3.0, okay? Then you pull out your DOS and load your Microsoft and then enter your password. Microsoft? Got it? <laughs> you see, I knew you would understand. <laughs> hey, son. Hey, Dad. How you doing? All right. And it'll help with your homework? Yeah, just with the trigonometry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, Maxer, Daxer, how you doing? Joe around? Who cares? Rick, don't you think you're being a little tough on him? Yeah, it's kind of hard to accept an instant family, you know? Dad, who could not want this little guy in their family? Yeah, it's kind of hard to resist, isn't it? I mean, one look and I was hooked. Hey, maybe if I got Joe to... Rick. What? What? <laughs> so Rick's working on his computer, kind of going through the steps, and like, hey, Max, you listening to me? Oh, see, you get this, honey, you get it. And Edward comes in, and he's like, hey, has Joe been around? And Rick's like, who cares? And Edward's like, okay, that's not fair to him. Not everyone wants an instant family. And Rick's like, well, who could resist this adorable little baby? I mean... I, the first time I saw him, I was hooked. It's like, dude, you're 16 years old. A baby is a big responsibility. It isn't just you babysitting him for an hour or two every once in a while when someone, when Beth needs, you know, help with babysitting. It's a forever commitment. I mean, and if Joe wanted kids at this moment, he probably would have had one of his own. But he's not there yet. So why are, it's just this love connection with, you know, a kid. It's like, come on. He's, he's putting two people, and, and, and he's punishing Joe, what, because he, he doesn't want to be with Beth because she's got a kid or whatever. It's like his priorities. He's, you know, a business, he's working on his construction business. 
I agree with that word. It's like, Rick, you got to stop this setting people up and just being angry when things don't work out for people. So, yeah, let's go back here. Edward comes in and he's like, hey, how's it going? He puts his coat up and like, yeah, a little help with your homework. And Rick's like, yeah, trigonometry. <laughs> I love how Edward's like, hey, Maxer Daxer. <laughs> and Edward asks if Joe's around. Like, hey, is Joe around? And Rick's like, who cares? Rick, stop being a jerk. And Edward sits on the arm of the couch and says to Rick, like, hey, don't you think you're being a little hard on him? It's kind of hard to accept an instant family. You're being a little tough on Joe. And Rick's like, because he's a teenager. He's like, Dad, who wouldn't want this little guy in their family? I love how Edward is just stroking Max's head. I think he's going to get baby fever. He's going to be like, hey, Kate, let's have a baby. And she's like, you know, on second thought, I don't really want to. And Rick's like, one look and I was hooked. Hey, maybe if I get Joda and Edward cuts him off there. Like, Rick, like, don't, don't. But Rick takes baby Max into the kitchen where Joe is sitting at the table going over blueprints. Dude, Edward's not going to get a finished patio wall because this guy's going to up and quit and say, I don't want this. This is interfering with my job. So, like I said, if Joe wanted a kid right now, he would have went out and made with made one with somebody or something. This guy's more interested right now in getting his new business off the ground, not babysitting or raising a baby. That doesn't mean that he won't ever want to have a kid. It's just, he's what, 19, maybe 20? I can't, mm, I just, I can't see him wanting that. And the fact that Beth's, what, probably 17, similar age as Rick? She's a teenager still. You think she just wants someone to settle down and get married with? She doesn't even know anything about Joe. Other than what he's told her. And he doesn't know much about her either. Other than what she's... I mean, she already obviously did not tell him about her son. Because she wanted him to like her for her. And not because she's a single mother. Hey, Joe, perfect. Listen, could you do me a big favor? Yo, what's up? I've got to split for a few minutes. So would you watch Best Baby for me? Well, yeah, I told you. I'll only be two minutes. Yeah, but Rick... Thanks, Joe. See you later. Rick. What, so he's supposed to fall in love with this kid just because you leave it there for two minutes? Hi, kid. Uh, you want a beer? You want a beer? So, Joe looks so awkward as Rick just plops Max's baby seat right on top of... Joe's work plans for the patio wall and Joe just looks so apprehensive like hey Rick uh, Rick's like hey I'll be back in two minutes two minutes and he leaves and Joe just looks so like nervous he keeps like looking over his shoulder at Max like he's terrified of babies he's like hey you want a beer I'd be like um I don't like this of course Rick is so excited on the other side of the door hearing Joe sing Itsy Bitsy Spider to Max. Oh, the Itsy Bitsy Spider went up the water spout. Down came right on time. Stop with this fake love connection. 
Hi. Hi. <laughs> Where's my camera? Where's Max? Oh, don't worry. He's in good hands. <laughs> Out came the sun and dried up all the rain. Oh, that easy busy. <laughs> oh, hi. I was singing. Yeah, I heard. Uh, Beth, I'm really sorry about canceling the other night. Hear that? He's sorry. It's all right. You hear that? It's all right. <laughs> so I guess what this means is you guys can go out again. Yeah, I guess we could. I'll give you a call sometime. Uh, sounds good. Well, better get back to work. That's a great kid. Thanks. Yeah. Did you hear that? Great kid. Isn't that terrific? <laughs> yeah, terrific. Well, thanks again. Okay. Hey, look, let me take them for I you. I got it. It's okay. Yeah. Hey, Beth, you can't do everything by yourself. What other choice do I have? Look, I I'm going to be just fine. I've got Max. I've got my parents. Yeah. And I've got the best babysitter in town. Why can't that be Thanks. enough at least? Bye. Bye. So, yeah, Beth comes over and says, where's Max? Like, where's my boy that I left you with? And Rick's like, oh, yeah, he's in good hands. And here comes Joe carrying Max's car seat with Max inside, singing the Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> and... He's like, hey, you got a good kid there. I might call you sometime if you want. And he's like, well, I got to get back in there and continue working on uh, the patio wall blueprints. And Rick, he's like, oh, Beth, you don't have to do this alone. It's like, dude, she's not alone. She's got her son. She's got her parents' support, which is a lot more than some girls probably could say back in the day who were just shipped off to some place to have a kid and then act like their life wasn't, you know, upended by a baby. I mean, my gosh. It's just ridiculous. But I like that she says she's not alone. She's got her son. She's got her her parents. And she's got the best babysitter around, which Rick smiles at that. So she leaves. We never see her again. Um, I'm sure very good things. She one day will. I don't think it's going to work out between her and Joe. I really don't. They both kind of want different things. And she needs to focus on just her son and just working and stuff. I think she'll eventually, you know, get a college degree. Maybe once Max is a little older, maybe closer to school and everything. And then she can start a career of doing something that she wants to do. Whatever that may be. So, I mean, just because she had a baby doesn't mean she has to put her dreams on hold forever. I mean, she's getting her GED. But if she's probably got to be a junior like Rick, she doesn't have much longer left with schooling anyway, so... That's pretty much the episode. I, I thought this was a good one. I didn't see any issues with it, so I'm giving it 5 out of 5 stars. I loved Baby Max. I loved that we got to see Beth again. I, okay, if I had to take off, if I was, was taking off one star, which I'm not, Rick's meddling really irritated me. He always likes to throw himself into some 
person's business and then he's personally offended when it doesn't go the way that he wants it to go like he had a personal hand in it I like also that Edward gave Joe a chance like hey you're new you haven't done any real projects but we're willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and I loved love loved Kate's interaction with baby Max and Edward, of course, when he was stroking Max's head. Like, oh, and I love Rick. Finally, we, we got to see that him with his computer, which we have not seen literally till season since season three. Uh, silver Spoonful for this episode. You may think that two people, like, oh, these people would be great together. This person's got a baby. And this, and she, just thinking that she needed a man to take care of her. That's Rick's point. Like, mm. But, um, yeah, just... Let people work things out the way that they need to work out. You don't need to step in. You don't gotta, like, work your magic wand. Just just, just be there. Be a friend for somebody. But don't feel the need to make a love connection between two people. Unless they want it to happen. And don't blame people for when it doesn't happen. Alright, let's move on to Thoroughly Modern... Mildred. Let me get on that real quick. I gotta go back to Silver Spoons on IMDb. So that is season 5, episode 20. Here we go. Aired February 26th, 1987. Kate's grandmother arrives with a new boyfriend. Everyone is shocked that they are sharing a bedroom, especially after Edward just criticized Rick for going a bit too far with the girl while he was out. This has got a 7.1 out of 10 based on 19 ratings. We got guest starring Billy Bird as Mildred, Henry Jones as Chester, I'm guessing that's her boyfriend, and Amy Dolenz as Eileen. Now... It looks like maybe she might have been in another episode of Silver Spoons. Let me give it a little looksy look here. Let's see. Oh, wow. She was in like three different... She was in Daddy Rick. Okay, she must have been the person that was paired with Brad. And Rick Sings. And this episode is Thoroughly Hunter Mildred. Does it say that? Okay, so in Daddy Rick, she was April. In Rick Sings, she was girl number two. And then in this one, she's Eileen. Alright, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So this episode was directed by John Seguglia? I'm sorry, John. And Lua... Louis Soto, Raiders David W. Duclan, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and written by Lisa Medway. It's always nice when they have a lady getting in there and getting a writing credit. Oh, Rick performs on Broadway. Well, the song on Broadway, I've never heard it before in my life, but cool. Good for him. (laughs) All right, let's get into... Thoroughly modern Mildred. Alright, well, looks like we're in the living room. When we come out of the intro, we got Rick sitting in the middle of the couch with his arms spread along the back of the couch. We got his flavor of the week, his girl of the week. Don't know her name yet, but uh, she's sitting in a chair. They're listening to music. I guess no one's home. 
Real quick, though, um, the apartment above me is being worked on for new residents. So if you hear any banging going on or I think they're like working on the floor or something and they're even outside the window there. So just if you hear noises, no, it's not me. It's upstairs or outside. Great song. Oh, yeah, I like the message, too. Rock till you bust. <laughs> sounds great on your stereo. Oh, thanks. But if you think it sounds good over there, you should listen to it over here. Uh-oh. Yeah, you see, my dad had those speakers strategically placed so that the optimum stereo separation converges right here on the couch. Uh, really? Come on. Are they going to go too far on the couch? <laughs> The middle of the couch. That is better. Yes, it is. You know, Eileen, the first time we met in chemistry, I felt there was a certain something between us. You know, a kind of chemistry. And then when we started sharing a Bunsen burner, I felt... How should I put this? A sort of fire between us. What? My foot's asleep. Oh, here. Let me help you. Oh, we all know where the foot oh, rub is going to lead. Oh, yeah? Is anything else asleep? <laughs> Never mind. So, what were you saying? Who cares? Yeah, that's going too far. They're not making out on the couch. Oh, Dad, Kate, I, 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 I um, didn't expect you home so soon. Obviously. Yeah, really, Dad. Um, this is Eileen. She was helping me with my, um, my, um, chemistry. I bet she was. Well, thanks, thanks a lot, Eileen. I, I, I couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you later. Okay. It was nice meeting you, Mr. and Mrs. Stratton. Yeah, that's gonna be awkward. Oh. <laughs> yeah, nice meeting you. Rubbing Bye. <laughs> it's not like they were up in his room again. Well, I've gotta go get ready for Grandma. <laughs> She's not due for another hour. Well, I'm a slow dresser. <laughs> Rick. You know, I don't think it was a real good idea to bring a girl back here when we weren't home. Oh, come on, Dad. She wasn't up in my room or anything. I didn't violate that rule. You violated the spirit of that rule. Yeah, but, Dad, we were just kissing. With your shoes off? <laughs> hey, Kate, didn't you tell me never to put my shoes on the furniture? I was obeying that rule. <laughs> well, here's a new rule. No girls in the house when we're not home. Oh, Dad, come on. That's not fair. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm almost 17 years old. That's why there's a new rule. Exactly. You don't need to be a grandfather at 44. Oh, Rick does the whole, oh, my dad put these stereo speakers right here. So they're strategically placed so you get the best sound quality coming right here on the couch. Right next to me, by the way, as he pats the seat of the couch. And she's just looking at him like, uh-huh. But she goes over anyway. 
and she sits with like the couch seat between them and he's like no 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 sit here and uh she's got her leg kind of folded in underneath her 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 foot folded in underneath her other leg and i get it like yeah you're in in a position that long your foot's gonna fall asleep so he takes her shoe off I don't know how her other one got up. <laughs> and starts massaging her foot. And I'm like, oh, oh, we know where the foot massage leads. They start making out. And he's on top of her on the couch. And of course, Edward and Kate come home. And Kate's like, <clears throat> excuse me. And Rick and she jump apart like he's been electrocuted by her lips. <laughs> And she gets out of there fast. And I gotta imagine, like, for... You go over to a bo- uh, whoever you're crushing on's house, and you're making... Their parents aren't home. You're making out, and the parents come. You're not gonna want to show your face around there again. Clearly that's... But... <sighs> Edward's got a good... Re- but... You know, the fact that you do not need to bring a girl here when we're not home. Everybody's like, what? I'm not a kid anymore. I'm almost 17 and we weren't in my bedroom. It's like, yeah, that's why he has a rule. Because you're 17. And that's understandable. It's like, if they hadn't come home for another hour or so, how much farther? The, the way that the summary says... Rick goes too far with the girl. No. Him being upstairs with a girl on his bed with him asleep is a lot worse than him just making out with the girl on the couch. I I honestly thought that he was going to like go as in quote unquote go to far as in actually sleep with a girl uh, but I mean, my god I mean but I mean yeah Edward tells him you're not going to have a girl around here when we're not here that is the new rule that should have been in place regardless and it doesn't matter if he's not a little kid anymore it's like you are 17 we clearly can see how fast the hormones are raging through you now easily you can end up getting a girl knocked up. Like I said, Edward doesn't need to be a f- grandfather at 44. I mean, my, my dad was a grandfather at... How old was he? He was almost... He was a few months shy of turning 41, actually. When my older sister got pregnant with her first son. So, Rick decides to go get dressed for Grandma because, you know, Kate's Grandma's going to be there like an hour. Kate emphasizes, well, she's not going to be here for at least another hour. And Rick's like, well, I'm a slow dresser. You look fine, dude. Why do you got to change? It's not like his grandmother's the Queen of England. How many times has Edward got to fix that watch band on his wrist? Get a new watch band. What's that? It's a candy dish. Grandma Mildred gave it to us for our anniversary last year. Oh, that's right. First year anniversary is paper, second year is wood, third year must be tacky. They've been married for three years? As soon as Grandma leaves, I'll put it back in the closet. Good. 
next to the things your father gave us. For now. Hey, I got it. Hey, Grandma! Oh, Rick! There she is! Grandma! Grandma. <laughs> How are you? Grandma! It's been a hot minute since they've seen her. Who's this those? gentleman? Who's this guy? Oh, she, he thinks she's, he, he's the cab dude. Um, we are so glad to see you. How was your flight? Well, it was quite bumpy. Until we got in the air, and then it was fine. <laughs> Why don't we go on in and relax, huh? Oh, great. But first, I want you all to meet Chester. <laughs> Where's Chester? Probably on the other side of the door. He thought he was the cab driver. Chester. Oh. Hey, guys. There's Chester. Oh, gosh, come on in, Chester. I'm awfully sorry. That's okay. Well, I'm Edward. How do you do? How are you? Glad to know you. And this is my granddaughter, Kate. How do you do? Hi, nice to meet you. And this is Rick. Hi there. Hey, how are you? Say, go out and have a good time. Sweet. Take the Thanks. Oh, I will go yeah. out and have a good time. Well, if we're all here, why don't we go sit down and relax? <laughs> so, Grandma, is Chester the big surprise you wrote us about? Huh? Yes, he is. <laughs> He's my main squeeze. Nice. Go, girl! So, how did you two kids meet? Well, you've heard of the love boat? Oh, a cruise! How romantic! No, the TV show. No, we were watching the show. Yeah. <laughs> right at the Golden Hills Country Club. Yes. And right in the most exciting part, Chester whispered in my ear, Let's blow this joint. <laughs> you smooth-talking devil. <laughs> So I took her out for a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> and you've been sharing heartburn ever since. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and then when I told Chester I was going to come to New York for a few days, he said he just couldn't bear to be without me. <laughs> and she bought it. <laughs> you know, I haven't been to New York in years, and I'm dying to show Mildred some of my old haunts. Don't say dying. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We'll paint the big apple red, and it's on me. Well, fine. We'll get started first thing in the morning. Hell no. Let's hit the road. <laughs> Don't you want to rest? Oh, we can rest later. Oh, yeah, geez, right. right. It's time to party. They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway. <laughs> Aren't you coming with us, Rick? Yeah, no thanks, Dad. I've seen the lights on Broadway. Besides, I have a date with Eileen. But Dad, not here. We're meeting at Burgers. There's going to be tons of people there. It's Friday night. Come on, let's go. Oh, keep your shirt on. And you keep your shoes on. So yeah, it's the next morning. Edward comes downstairs into the kitchen as he's, I'm guessing, tightening his wristwatch or adjusting his wrist cuff of his sweater. He looks at Kate and is like, what's that? And she's polishing this glass chicken. And it turns out it's a candy dish for their anniversary last year. I guess they have been married three years. Hold on. 
when that episode Hotshot came out, in se- that was season three. And I'm just thinking, it seemed like... Because Alfonso's like, you get them a wedding gift at their wedding. You don't wait till a, the, the year after they got married. But, um... Yeah, when was Hotshot? Because they celebrated their one-year anniversary. Um, episode 20 of season... So a year's time had passed between episode 16 and 17 and episode 20, which is weird. Had a year passed? I don't know. But, so then, if that is the case, then this would have been the, well no then if they got it last year for their third anniversary then let, who, who knows why am I harping on it I don't know he's like oh yeah three year anniversary first year's paper second year's wood and the third year is tacky it's like kind of a blue gla- light blue glass color candy dish like chicken turkey thing I think it's a chicken that looks cute. And then, um, when Mildred does arrive, <laughs> Kate's, like, walking and pouring, like, Jelly Belly candies onto, because the candy dish is, the chicken is attached to, like, a little glass serving dish thing that I guess the candy would go on. I don't think it's, I don't think it's tacky. It looks cute. Okay, so it is one of those things that someone gets you and you only bring it out when that person's going to be visiting because she says, don't worry, when Grandma leaves, I'll put it back in the closet. Oh, God. So she doesn't like it either. And she says, oh, yeah, next to the, I'll put it next to the things your father gave us that are also in the closet because clearly she's using that cloth to wipe all the dust that's gathered in the last year. So, yeah, Edward and Kate go into the living room. Rick's coming down the steps. He's like, I got it, I got it. I love how Rick, like, towers over Mildred. He is so tall. And he's like, hey, Grandma! And he's like... And he hugs her, and she's like, oh, Rick. Aww. And she hugs Edward, and then Kate. And then Edward makes a mistake of thinking that... The guy at the door is the cabbie because he gives him a tip and shuts the door in his face. The guy just looks surprised like, what? What's going on here? So Kate asks Grandma how her flight was and she says it was bumpy until we got in the air and then it was fine. So maybe a smidge of turbulence? I don't know. Oh, probably bumpy down the runway. So she must be coming from Columbus, Ohio, because that's where all of Kate's family still resides, including her Uncle Harry, which I hope we don't see him in the last, like, four episodes, because I've been over. There was too much of Harry that we didn't need. One episode to meet him was fine, but we didn't need to have him back for a while, because he just didn't do anything for the show. Everett suggests they all go into the living room and relax. And Mildred's like, great, now I want to introduce you to Chester. And she looks, probably expects Chester to be in the room with him. She's like, where's Chester? And it turns out, uh, yeah, Edward slammed the door in his face and gave him a, after he gave him like a buck or something as a tip. I gotta look this up because he does look like he could be familiar. The guy who plays Chester. And it looks like he passed away in 1999. Aww. 
Let's, oh my gosh, he's got 206 credits. The last thing he did was in 1995. Okay, I can see it. Definitely, I remember the two-part episode with uh, Mr. Sparks and Mr. Belvedere. Um, he was at the retirement center that Heather had volunteered at. And I guess they took him to Atlantic City or something. And speaking of the love boat, that will come up momentarily. He was in an episode of the love boat in 1982. Uh, he played the night clerk and Dick Tracy. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I, 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 okay. Yes. Aratnophobia. He played Dr. Sam Metcalf. That's right. Because Jeff Daniels came to replace the guy because he was going to retire and then the guys all, of the uh, old doctors all offended, like, oh, this young man thinks he's going to take over my job and take my patients and all that. Yeah. Okay, now, okay. I thought that familiarity is like, I know him for more than just that. This guy screams familiarity and retinophobia. Bam. I got it. I got it. So Edward opens the door and... You know, lets Chester in. He's like, oh, I'm awfully sorry about that. And Chester's cool. Like, hey, that's fine. You know, not a big deal. And Mildred's making the introductions. And, you know, saying this is my granddaughter, Kate. And this is, you know, her stepson, Rick. And he gives Rick the tip that Edward had given him. He's like, hey, go see a movie or something. Go have fun. And, of course, Edward takes the money right out of Rick's hands. <laughs> Oh, Ever takes the money from Rick's hand and says, I'll go out and have a good time. What was that, a buck? Five dollars? I'd like to think that if Ever were giving somebody a tip, he would give more than a buck. So, apparently Mildred wrote about a big surprise that she was going to be bringing with her when she wrote to them instead of called them on the phone, because... She lives in Ohio, and long distance is extremely expensive. It's less expensive to just write a note. Or write a letter. And Kate's like, oh, is Chester the big surprise you wrote us about? Like, yes, he is. I love how Mildred's like, oh, he's my main squeeze. And I love how he kind of puts his arm around her. Oh, that's so sweet. So, everyone sits down. Rick sits on the arm of the couch. He's like, hey, how'd you kids meet? And Mildred brings up, well, you know, the love boat. And Kate automatically assumes they went on a cruise. And Mildred corrects her, like, no, I, um, we were watching the TV show. Ah, the Golden Hills Country Club. Okay, cool, cool. He's got connections. That's awesome. And Mildred says, right during the exciting part of the episode, Chester whispered, whispered in her ear and said, let's blow this joint. Aww. If that ain't a rebel, I don't know what is. <laughs> He's got fire in him. That's for sure. But you know, as you get older, you need that excitement and, you know, that change in your day and everything. So everything's not monotonous and always the same. It's like, yeah, let's liven it up. Let's change things up. I love how Ever calls him a smooth talking devil and winks at her, at him, at Chester, and Chester says he took Mildred out for a pepperoni pizza, and then Rick brings up, like, oh, then you both had heartburn together. Oh, he says, and you've been sharing heartburn ever since. <laughs> so, Mildred says, you know, when she decided to spend a few days in New York... Chester wanted to come with because he could not bear to be away from Mildred. 
that is adorable. So he tells everyone he hasn't been to New York in years and he's been dying to show Mildred his old haunts. And she kind of lightly smacks him on the arm like, oh, don't say dying. It's like, we're like 70 plus years old. Apparently, uh, Chester's a big spender. He's like, hey, we're going to paint the town red as he gets up off the couch and it's on me. So... Rick, of course, isn't going to go. He's got a date with Eileen. And Edward just kind of looks at him like, you gotta be joking. And Rick's like, no, we're going to Burgers. It's going to be fine. There's going to be a lot of people there, so don't worry. Rick says, don't worry, I'll keep my shoes on. Well, uh, yeah, actually, it turns out, Kate's like, oh, we'll get started first thing in the morning. And the guy's like, hell no, we're going to go right now. Let's hit the road. Let's go. And Kate's like, don't you want to rest? And Miller's like, oh, we'll rest later. I'm thinking, oh, I bet they will. <laughs> so they're, uh, he's, Chester's singing the song on Broadway, so why does it have Rick singing it? He doesn't sing the song unless it's later. Maybe? Eileen. I want to make sure I said that right. Eileen. Okay. <laughs> Grandma Chester, where have you guys been? It's after midnight. Oh, is that all? Well, those poops said it was late. <laughs> they looked exhausted. Oh, it's after midnight? Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand it. I thought you young people liked to dance. Not slam dancing. Slam dancing? I wasn't slam dancing. That was my trick knee. <laughs> oh, Rick. How was your date tonight? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but not that fantastic. Well, I, for one, I'm going to hit the sack. Well, I think we should get some rest, too. <laughs> oh, Rick, why don't you take Grandma's bag up to her room? Oh, sure, Kate. Where should I put Jester's bag? Um... You can put it in my room. <laughs> they have a right to sleep in the same bed. They're 70 years old. Come on! So we see it looks like Rick's home from his date at Burgers and he's just hanging out watching TV in his jammy jams. And Mildred and Chester come in and Rick's like, where have you two been? It's after midnight. And it turns out Edward and Kate like grab the door coming in and they look like literally dead on their feet. Like they're about ready to drop and just pass out from exhaustion. And... Mildred's like, oh, Rick, how was your date? And Rick's like, oh, it was amazing. I mean, it wasn't that amazing. As Edward gives them this look. So, Edward and Kate are like, hey, we're gonna go to sleep. We're gonna go to bed now. We're, like, exhausted. And Rick gets the bags, and so, and Kate's like, well, take Grandma's bag up to her room. And Rick's like, well, where should I put Chester's? And Mildred's like, in my room. And the look that Edward and Kate share, I mean, Rick is just grinning goofily because he's a teenager. It is fine. They are 70 plus years old. Let them sleep in the same bed. My gosh. The same rules for the senior citizens don't apply to Rick. She's been married. She's had kids and everything. My gosh. They want to get up to some kooky nonsense? Then let them get up to some kooky nonsense. They don't got much time left. Ugh. See, that's what infuriates me about this whole 
just, and we're, we're probably not even there to, we're just skimming the teeth of the beginning of this as they will probably refer to this issue with your grandma and her boyfriend sharing a bed. It doesn't have to be an issue! Is it just because it was the 80s and just any idea of people that aren't married sharing a bed together is 100% wrong or something? Like, Kate, seriously, with you meddling last time, it's no surprise that Grandma probably wouldn't have considered taking off. But you do this, and she's like, well, we'll just get a hotel then. If you're not comfortable with me sharing a bed with my boyfriend because I'm 70-something years old, then we'll just get a hotel room if it bothers you that much. And, and Chester seems like he's rolling in it, so I don't understand. I mean, why he's like, oh, well, we can... You and I can have our privacy and we can get a hotel room instead of living under your granddaughter and, you know, grandson-in-law's roof. Yeah. Problem solved. I mean, this is just bogus. A hundred percent bogus. Don't say a word until I get back. <laughs> Wow, your grandma is full of surprises. What are we going to do? Nothing. Honey, there's nothing you can do. Edward, that's my grandmother. So what? She bakes apple pie. <laughs> she knits. She writes thank you notes. And she's so Maybe woman. Chester should write her one. <laughs> Come on, honey, I don't think there's anything to get that upset about. Exactly. Oh, yeah, but Edward, she raised me. She gave me my values, and now she's spending the night with someone she's not even married to. Well, honey, so they had a very busy night. They'll probably just sleep. <laughs> well, I put the lovebirds in their room, and they're taking their shoes off. <laughs> so, who's going to enforce the hanky-panky rule? <laughs> this is not funny. Well, surely they're not going to be allowed to spend the night in the same bedroom. I mean, well, I can't even bring a girl into this house. This is different. Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, so I see. There's a double standard here. Rick, I know that this may seem like there's a double standard to you. Yes? That's because there is. <laughs> no, it's because he's a teenager. Okay, boy. as long as there's a good reason. Good night, Rick. <laughs> Who would have thought my great-grandma would turn out to be a swinger? <laughs> good, good night, night Rick. <laughs> They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. He thinks his great-grandmother is hot to trot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honey, come on. I think it's nice that she found a little companionship. But if Grandpa knew about this, he'd turn over in his grave. I'm sure he's fine. I thought he was cremated. have to turn over in his jar. This isn't funny. You I know. You need to let it go. Well, she's led a very protected life. Well, now she's got Chester to protect her. Well, what do we know about this man, huh? We know he's a hell of a slam dancer. He could be filling her head with all kinds of lies. You know, he could be a love him and leave him kind of a guy. Chester? I've seen this type before, you know, shifty eyes, tight lips, smile. Honey, he's trying to keep his teeth in. <laughs> Edward, 
I'm, I'm worried about her. I mean, this goes against everything she ever stood for. I think it's time for a little talk with Chester. I mean, we need to know his intentions. Well, honey, if you feel that strongly about it, you go right ahead and have a talk with him. Well, actually, I'd feel better if, if you no, had a talk with him. No, don't drag him into Me? that. Well, you know, man to man. <sighs> honey, you're much better at man to man talks than me. <laughs> I'm serious, Edward. Please. Hmm? Do it for me. Please. Pretty good at woman to man talk, too. Oh. Kate! Oh my gosh, he is uh, very extremely exaggeratingly agitating my nerves to the point where I just uh, and I think in a way it almost feels like Kate is very protective of her grandma she even says my grandma raised me with you know her values I thought for a second she said basically that her grandma raised her as then she spent more time with her grandma than her parents and her grandma basically raised her I don't know but she's got this protectiveness, and which is understandable. I mean, but the thing is, like we learned in Lost and Found, Kate is not only very protective of her grandmother, I really think that she's bordering on a lot. I mean, you are an adult. Your grandmother is an adult. She's not frail. She still has her faculties about her. She can think for herself and make her own decisions. So why does she feel... And she's even saying how this goes against everything my, my grandmother... You know, all, you know her, her morals and everything that she stood for. So was she a very religious churchy lady? And she's like, no, no, no sex before marriage and no sleeping in the same bed unless you're married and everything. And it's like, that's fine if it, but why is Kate instilling in the fact like, oh, if grandfather knew, he'd be rolling in his grave. And Edward says, well, wasn't he cremated? He'd be rolling in his jar. And I get it. And it's like, Kate, you don't know. You haven't been married long enough to think if something were to happen to you, would you want Edward to move on or would you want him to say, you know, stay celibate until he dies? Or would you, it's, or, or the same in your, if, you know, he died, would you stay celibate or would you want to eventually maybe find an, another love, not a, a, necessarily a true love, but that of even Ember says, you know, it's good that she found a companion. You know, Kate's grandmother found a companion. You know, especially at this, you know, time and age, you know, you get lonely and stuff and you're looking for somebody and Kate just wants to be protective, but it's coming off in a version of control and smothering in a way that is neither and the thing is what about Kate's parents, they're still alive, right? So what do they think about the whole situation? Are they as gung-ho about, Oh no, this is wrong. Grandma shouldn't be sleeping with their boyfriend in the same bed. Oh, come on. Come on. And Rick, B. 
being the seven, 16 year old that he is, is saying, oh, well, this is a double standard. So grandma can sleep in a bed with her boyfriend, but I can't have a girl here while your guys are out. And Edward's like, well, yeah, you're right. It is a double standard. But still, I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. He is a 16 year old boy and Kate's grandmother is a 70 something year old woman or six. I don't know. But Two different playing fields. She's been married. She's had kids. She's looking for a companion. And if they want to be together intimately, that's up to them. Rick is a 16-year-old boy with his head in the clouds. And his hormones are racing through his bloodstream. That could easily make unhealthy decisions before he's ready to face the consequences of those decisions. Yeah. You can't even compare the two because they're so that different. So yeah, kind of going back to this, Rick runs upstairs with the lug and says, don't say a word until I get back. Like, what are you hoping to hear? Pointers? You want pointers? And Edward says, oh, wow, your grandma's full of surprises. And Kate says, well, what are we going to do? And I agree 100% with Edward. There isn't anything you can do. It's like, your grandma is an adult who's still, like I said, able to make her own decisions without needing you to... She keeps interfering. I'm sorry, but... If I'm going to someone's place and I have someone I'm seeing, I would rather stay in a hotel or whatever, have a room together, than have to say, oh, well, we have to stay in separate bedrooms? Separate beds? And then we're, we're getting a hotel. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. And Kate just can't see the fact that this is my grandmother. My grandmother doesn't do stuff like this, like sleep with her boyfriend or share a bed with her boyfriend. She bakes apple pies and she knits. And she writes thank you notes. Kate can't see past her grandma being a grandma. And she can't see that her, her grandmother is just, she's a woman. She has, you know needs and wants and desires like any other human being. And it's almost like... And and not really 100% like this, but it makes me think of, you know how when you're a kid and you see your teacher like at the store for the first time you're seeing them outside of a classroom and you're like, oh, this person is a person no different than, you know, they're a regular person that like gets their groceries and, you know, raises a family and everything and it's just you see or even looking at your parents you see like their identity to you is a parent but you can't see outside that box you've put them in and say oh well my parent isn't just a parent they're they had a whole life before they became your parent and they'll have a whole life you know after the fact when you become an adult they're just people that are living their lives. They're just wearing their, their parent hat while you're, t- you know, you know what I mean. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like when you reach a certain age, you do have to stop kind of seeing, you know, people as these labels that you put on them. Like, oh, well, my mom can't do that because, well, she's my mom. She can't go out to a nightclub and cut loose and, you know, throw back uh, shots of vodka or whatever. I don't know. Or, <laughs> or Jagerman. It's like, uh, it's just, yeah. 
At, at the end of the day, you just you got to take off that 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 hat you put on them and just say they are a human being. They have wants, desires, needs, and interests, and we need to see them as not just the hat that we put on the yeah the identity that we have from like oh you know parents, siblings, grandparents. Kate's just taking this way too far, just like she did in the Lost and Found episode. We get an adult joke from Edward saying, oh, maybe Chester should make your grandma, send your grandma a thank you note. (laughs) Yeah, we get it. Yeah. We get that adult male joke in the room. He's trying to bring Kate back to Earth. Like, honey, I don't think it's that big of a deal to get upset about. And it... In a way, it just seems like Kate has like put her also put her grandma on a pedestal, and the idea is like, oh well, my grandma basically raised me, and she gave me her values, like her good hometown going to church every Sunday values. <sighs> she just refuses to see her grandmother other than a grandma. Yeah, spending, that's what bothers her the most. Spending the night with someone she's not even married to. Why is it that we look down on people, like, say they've been married and they're widowed, or say they're divorced, but they start entering the dating scene again, and, you know, they find someone they like, and, you know, get into a relationship, and they're sleeping together, but they're not married. Why do we feel that that is our business? Like, we should have a say in that. I'm sorry, but that irritates me to no end. Like, people are looking like, oh, well, they're not married. They shouldn't be living together, even though they're in their 60s. What? Oh, I mean, everyone to each their own, I guess, but this just really bugs me. Edward's like, Kate, they probably had, they had a busy night. I mean, we are up, you know, we didn't get home till after midnight. They'll probably just sleep. Rick's like, oh, I put the lovebirds in their room. <laughs> Rick's like, oh, and they're taking their shoes off. <laughs> uh, yeah. As in, they're getting kooky kiki in the bed. Before I even shut the door, they were going at it. <laughs> I love this. Rick, he's like, so who's going to enforce the hanky-panky rule? Because <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, Rick brings us back to, oh, interesting, double standard, how grandma can sleep in a bed with her boyfriend and I can't even have a girl in the house when you're not home. Yeah, Rick said, sounds like, surely they're not going to sleep in the same bedroom since I can't even bring a girl in this house. And Edward just looks at Rick and says, that is different. And it's like, Rick, you know that is different. Do not even try to bring that into this. This is not an argument. This isn't even up for debate either. There is an episode of Growing Pains that deals with a double standard where we got... Ben going out on a date. We got Carol going out on a date with, you know, their perspective in love interests. And you see the double standard with Jason gives Carol a stiffer punishment but goes lighter on Ben. Whereas also Maggie gives Carol a lighter punishment and gives Ben a stiffer punishment, hence the double standard. That, that in case in point... American Dreams did the same exact thing with JJ 
the eldest son going out and being with a girl, and then um, Meg getting caught with a guy. You know what? You know her dad. You know her dad with the double standard, with letting JJ off easy, but going harder on her because she was a girl. That folks, that is a double standard. This is not even in the realm of double standard. You can't compare a sixty to seventy year old woman with her boyfriend sharing a bed and a sixteen year old boy that brings a girl home when their parent when his parents aren't home. That, yeah, exactly. Not even in the same realm. Edward, there is no double standard. You gotta hold your ground. Just say, son, I make these rules and you're gonna live by them. Regardless of whether you like them or think they're fair. Okay, Rick, your great-grandma is not a swinger. A swinger is someone that goes to... Okay, when I think of swingers, I think of those key parties. Like from that movie, The Ice Storm, where everyone throws their keys into a... A bowl, and then they pick a key, and then they go, even though they're married. Yeah, that's what a swinger is. Is someone, isn't it? Like, you're married, you and your spouse go to a key party or something, and you take a set of keys, and then you go off with some random, you know, whoever, and make whoopee with them. <laughs> that's, that was my... And what's, isn't there another one? Um, isn't the term like open marriage where there's couples that like with other couples that they do the husband wife swap thing or something? I don't know. I don't know. But this is not a swingers situation. I'm sorry, Rick. Edward and Kate just look at Rick and both go, good night, Rick. And he starts singing the um, Broadway song. Okay, so that's where he sings it. Gotcha. He is just laughing this up as he's singing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I bet he's going to go upstairs. He's going to have his ear to that door. <laughs> like, oh, I'm passing through the hallway. Let's see. <laughs> so, yeah, Kate thinks that Rick's getting a uh, bad... Uh, values here, but, oh great, he thinks his grandmother is hot to try. And, and Edward's like, yeah, really, and Kate just looks at him, as, he is trying to bring her back down to earth, like, honey, you are making a big deal about this, and I want to move on a little bit from this, because I've been talking about it for too long, and I'm sure you guys are like, can we move on with the episode, for Christ's sake? Yeah, Edward just talks it up to, you know, it's nice you found companionship, and Kate's like, oh, if Grandpa knew about this, he'd be rolling over in his grave. Uh, you do not know your grandparents like you think you do. Stop making assumptions. So, she's looking at Edward like, she, this isn't funny. And she gets, stands up and starts pacing. Like, she's led a very protected life. What the, when I think protected, I think, okay, there's something mentally, like, something's going, like, she's not all there. Like, people have been protective about her because they don't want her taken advantage of. And this is where Kate kind of comes in with, like, we don't know anything about this Chester. We don't know where he came from. We don't know his backstory. We don't know how he came into money. We don't know any of that. So, Kate basically volunteers Edward to give a man-to-man talk to Chester to find out, like, is he hiding any secrets? Where, how's he getting his money? That kind of thing. She she's just doesn't want her, her grandma to be hurt. It's like, 
uh, I don't want to go into it anymore. And she starts kissing Edward's neck because he's like, honey, I think you need to talk to Chester. And she starts kissing his neck. And I don't know if this was a character choice or if this was just Joel or doing the, you know, who plays Edward doing this or whether it was like the director. But he takes the collar of his shirt that's underneath his sweater, pulls it down so she can start kissing up his neck. And I love that Joel and Aaron, who Aaron who plays Kate, have such good chemistry over five years that it just, they definitely seem like they've, you know, as a, a couple on the show have been married for three years. Bert brings up the fact that, you know, now Mildred has Chester to protect her. And Kate's like, well, what do we know about this man? I mean, he could be filling her head with lies and... He could be the love him and leave him type. And Edward's like, Chester, really? And Kate's like, I've seen this type before. Shifty eyes, tight mouth. And Edward says, well, he does that so he can keep his dentures in. <laughs> so, yeah, she pretty much goads Edward into talking to Chester. We need to know his intentions. Because this goes against everything my grandmother stood for. <sighs> Yeah, because, well, before she goes Edward into it, he's like, hey, won't you, great, that's a great idea, won't you go talk to him? And she's, oh, I feel better if you did. don't drag him into this. This is your thing that you're going on about. You want answers, you go talk to him. And she's like, well, you know, man to man. And he looks at Kate and says, you know, you're, you're better at man to man talks than I am. She is? All right, let's see how this goes. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, morning, Dad. Hey, boy. boy. So, have the uh, lovebirds come down yet? <laughs> no. No? After all, they had a pretty busy night. <laughs> I bet they did. I bet. <laughs> I meant all the dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Oh, Chester. Well, we thought you were still in bed. At 8 o'clock in the morning, the whole day would be gone. No, I'm just taking a nice walk around the grounds. Ah. Uh, Rick, why don't you see how Kate's doing with breakfast, huh? What for? She does fine. Why don't you see if she needs some help? <laughs> Dad, she'll only kick me out of there. Rick? Yeah? Get out of here. Leave me, leave me. Chester, please, sit down. Thank you. You know, Chester, Kate's kind of worried about her grandmother. What's she worried about? Well, what kind of plans do you and Mildred have? Well, we plan on an early lunch, and then tonight maybe we'll see a movie. No, I mean long range. Listen, at our age, that is long range. Yeah, really. Seriously, now, do you have plans to... Settle down, tie the knot, get hitched. You mean are we going to get married? Pretty much. Put it that way. <laughs> I'd love to, but she won't have me. What do you mean she won't have you? I've asked her to marry me plenty of times. She says no. I even got down on my knees and begged. Took me half an hour to get up. <laughs> oh, 
you're so Rick comes downstairs and he sits down on the chair like, hey, have the lovebirds come down yet? And Albert's like, no, they had a pretty busy night. And Rick's like, yeah, I bet. Albert <laughs> lowers his paper and looks at Rick like rolling, like rolling his eyes like, I meant dancing. All the dancing they did. Albert's like, yeah, sure. So Chester comes in. He's just been kind of taking a walk around the grounds and all that. And Edward kicks Rick out. Like, Rick, can you go check on Kate? Go help her with breakfast. And Rick's like, Dad, she's just going to kick me out of there. I think she'll be fine. And Edward's like, Rick, get out of here. So he has, Edward has Chester sit on the couch so he can kind of suss him out for dates. What his implications are with, or intentions are with Mildred. And he's like, so what are your plans with Mildred? And Chester says, well, I thought we would uh, go out to lunch and then go see a movie later. And Edward's like, no, I mean like long range, long term. And Chester's like, at our age, that is long, long term. So Edward finds like, are you going to get hitched or, you know, walk down the aisle together? And Chester's like, oh, you mean get married? Well, she's turned me down flat umpteen times. I even got down on one knee. It took me a half hour to get up. <laughs> uh, but she's just, she's not about it. She doesn't want to get married, which I get it. She's probably honoring her husband. That's just... If there is, you know, just the companionship is enough for them. The, I mean, she was married. I, I get it that she wouldn't want to... Maybe she feels like, oh, if I get married again, I feel like I'm dishonoring my husband and his memory and everything we had, so... Oh, you're exaggerating, Rick. I'm sure your father didn't chase you out of there. Uh, Rick, go get the paper. Oh, come on! <laughs> Dad, you already got the paper. And wait for tomorrow's edition. <laughs> Dad, if you want to talk to Kate, just say so. Rick? Dad, it would take me 20 seconds to get the paper. I'd be back here. You'd give me something Rick. else. Get out of here. Come <laughs> Go to bed or something. Go to his room. Edward, did you have your man-to-man -man talk? Ah, well, I spoke with Chester, if that's what you mean. Yeah, and? And your grandmother's a party animal. <laughs> Honey, Chester's asked her several times to marry him, and she keeps saying no. That's well, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't sound like my grandmother. Doesn't sound like any grandmother. <laughs> oh, Edward comes in there and kicks Rick out of the kitchen. Like, go get the paper, Rick. And Rick's like, Dad, you already got the paper. And he, f f Edward flat out says, Ed Rick, Rick, just get out of here. Because he's got to talk to Kate. Why does he have to leave? My gosh, all you're doing, he's telling Kate that Chester proposed multiple times to Kate's grandmother, and every time she's turned him down, and Edward says, well, your grandma's a party animal. No, she's not. My god. And Kate's like, oh, that doesn't sound like my grandma. Why would she turn down his ma Chester's marriage proposal? So I'm guessing that Kate's going to have a go at talking to Mild her grandmother about Chester and just kind of saying, like, what are your intentions? And I kind of, I get the feeling that Grandma's like, look, I was married to 
your grandfather for a very long time. I just, I don't feel like there's a reason to walk down the aisle again and do that just so we can sleep in the same bed together. I mean, or something to that effect. I mean, come on. Body slam! Body slam! Oh, she's watching WWE or F? That's it! Crush him! I didn't know you liked wrestling. Well, I didn't until Chester turned me on to it. That's nice. Sounds like he's opening new horizons for you. Oh, yeah. I'll say. And it's also nice to see you have companionship. Well, thank you, dear. That's sweet. Well, we all need companionship. Oh, you are so right. <laughs> you know, for years, it's a house full of relatives, children, and grandchildren. And all of a sudden, they're all grown up, and they leave. Yeah, yeah and then you and Grandpa were all alone. Yes. And then Grandpa died. Yeah, he, he went so fast. He did everything fast. <laughs> <laughs> but your Grandpa and I shared some wonderful times together. And then when he was gone, there was nothing. There was just nothing for me until Chester came along. Well, you know, we like Chester a lot, a whole lot. Well, what's not to like? <laughs> that man is a hunk. <laughs> well, I just brought it up in case you were worried or wanted to know. We love Chester. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> you do? Oh, so... You love him, and, and I get the feeling he might, well, have strong feelings for you, too. Yeah, could be. Oh, do I hear uh, bells? <laughs> yes, that's the end of the match. <laughs> no, Grandma, I, I was talking about wedding bells. Oh, so that's what this is all about, is oh, it? Yeah. I was wondering when you'd bring that up. Well, I, I certainly hope you don't think I was prying. Well, what would you call it? Oh, she's well, I, uh, prying. Look, Kate, what Chester and I do is our own concern, and nobody else's. That's right. So I'll thank you to mind your own business. Yes, Grandma. You go, Grandma. You tell her. Yeah, I, ooh, I, ooh, I, I felt this going in that direction immediately that that was gonna be Mildred's response. Because Kate comes in while Grandma's watching WWE or F or whatever it went by at that point. And she starts bringing up her grandfather. And then Mildred's also talking about, yeah, you know, once all the kids and grandkids and everyone, you know, grows up and moves away. Then with your f grandfather and I, and then, you know, he died. She's just saying how lonely she was. And Kate brings up, oh, do I hear bells? And Mildred's like, yeah, the match is over. She's, you can tell just in that she's getting irritated because she knows what Kate is starting to imply. And it's like, Kate, you really, yeah. In other terms, because uh, Kate's like, oh, I mean, wedding bells. You know, we really like Chester. He's He's really great and everything like that. And. Kate, you're opening up a can of worms here. Mildred flat out says, you need to mind your own business. What Chester and I do, that is our business. And you need to mind yours. And she walks right out. It's like, Kate, 
you shouldn't have meddled. Edward said this is not a big deal and you're making it out to be something bigger than what it is. Your grandmother, and she says, you know, basically, I'm a grown adult. What I do with my significant other is my business. I almost, and I'm kind of worried, what if it's like Mildred feels Kate or Chester got to her to see, you know, ask about the whole, you know, proposing again or something. And she goes after Chester, like, why did you go after my knee, my granddaughter and try to come at me from that direction about marrying me when I told you I didn't want to get married again. But no, I mean, it could go that way. And, you know, like I've said, I don't watch these episodes ahead of time. And I'm just kind of thinking... Kate overstepped her bounds, and I like the fact that Mildred really, lets her have it with that. You are overstepping 100%, Kate. She is still, Mildred's still an adult, and you can still make her decisions. That would have been like me going after my dad for dating Pam. And saying, well, you guys aren't married and this and that and it's not right and everything. I mean, I think at one point my um, grandma, because my, my dad and Pam are both like, they were in their six, late 60s, six, oh, no, mid-60s, like, whatever. Anyway, and the fact that, you know, they'd been together, Pam and dad had been together for over 20 years. That's basically it. You know, but they hadn't been living together. But still, I mean, that's basically a common law marriage. Isn't it? Like, if you live together and you're not married, if you're together at least for 10 years, if, you know, you're living together, that's a common law marriage. So I'm really interested to see how the rest of this episode is going to play out. Kate, you step your foot where it doesn't belong. Your grandma told you off. And my guess is... This one, I think, I think Miller's going to say, Chester, let's go. We're not welcome here anymore. It was nice to see you all. Bye. We're going back to Ohio. And real quick, one last thing. In the Lost and Found episode, Mildred had a son who was trying to get her to move in with him. What kind of garbage is he spewing about the fact that she's with Chester? Or is he like, well, she's happy and that's all that matters. It's great to see her happy again since dad died. You know, and it, or, you know something to that effect. Because we don't know. We only see Kate's whole... It just seems like her family is really like all about standards and like, oh, this is so wrong because you're not married and you're shacking up together and stuff. Ooh. Hey, Grandma, I thought you were watching wrestling. I was. What's up? <laughs> Ooh, What's wrong? Is Killer Kelly losing? I was just that I'm getting sick and tired of people telling me what to do. Yeah, yeah. tell me about it. <laughs> like, she doesn't think I know what I'm doing, like I'm a child or something. <laughs> I know the feeling. Who are we talking about? Kate! Telling me I ought to marry Chester. It's not that I don't like Chester or anything. I like him a lot. It's just that marriage is something you don't rush into. Yeah, that's true. That's what I keep telling Eileen. You know, it's been three years since my Henry died. And I'm still not over it. 
sometimes it seems like Henry's still with me. Did Henry ever meet Chester? No, I, I don't believe he ever did. Why do you ask? No reason. I'll bet you you would have liked him. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> Henry would have liked Chester. <laughs> well, I guess we got everything. Edward, Mildred and I sure did have a good time. I wouldn't mention that to Kate. <laughs> I want to thank you for your hospitality. You get out to Ohio. I want to return the favor. Of course, Springfield's a little tame compared to the Big Apple. Oh, but it has a lot to offer. Not really. <laughs> but whenever we get in the mood to have a real wild time in the big city, we just hop in the car and tool on up to Akron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the kitchen with Rick and Mildred. She is, oh, she's fire. She is worked up. She goes to the fridge and she looks into the fridge. She doesn't probably want anything, but she's just so angry. She slams that fridge door. Rick's pouring himself a glass of milk at the kitchen island. And Mildred's just so angry. She's tired of people telling her what to do, just like in the Lost and Found episode. It's like, I'm so angry, you know, and why people think they need to be in my business and that I should marry Chester. And she says, you know, marriage is something you don't rush into that. And Rick's like, oh, yeah. Because he's like, oh, I tell Eileen that the same the same thing. Uh-huh, okay. And the fact that Rick can kind of understand because he's 16. He's being told what to do. Granted, he's living under his parents' roof. And Mildred is like, I don't like it you know, being treated like a child. And that's going to be hard when the tables shift and it's like the parent becomes a child and the child becomes the, uh, the parent or the, the overseer. And, you know, the older people are like, you know, I raised you or I've been making my own decisions since I was, like, 18, 19. And then here someone's come along trying to make my decisions for me, thinking I'm too frail and I, I can't make up, make my own choices and everything. It's, it's kind of be a pain in the butt. And I, I just, I love the relationship between Mildred and Rick. I really, really do. They're coming at it from, you know, an older, wiser lady that's, you know, lived a life and, you know, people like her granddaughter trying to tell her how to live her life. And Rick's coming at it with, you know, I can't do the things that I want to do because, you know, parents and all that stuff. But I, I just, I, and I like that. Okay, and we do learn that Mildred lost her husband three years ago. So probably just before maybe Kate got, they got married. And she says, you know, I still miss, I miss my Henry. I, I you know, there's days that I, I feel like he's still with me. And I can understand her not wanting to rush in. Three years is not enough time, but even still, she may not want to do the marriage thing again. Who, who knows? But I love how Rick says, did Henry ever meet Chester? And Mildred's like, no, why, why do you ask? And Rick says, well, I think, I think he might 
have liked Chester and Mildred thinks on it. She's like, you know, I think you're right. I think he really would have liked him. And I swear I thought she was going to start to tear up. So that's that of that conversation. And now we're going to move to, it looks like Chester and Mildred are heading back to Ohio as Chester says Springfield, Ohio. He's like, hey, if you guys find your way out to Ohio, I'll I'll be the one treating you guys to a great time. And then if we ever want to jump back to the Big Apple, we know where to find you. So Now Mildred comes down and I'm guessing, hopefully, that she and Kate come to an understanding where Kate needs to mind her business and stop overstepping and telling Mildred how to live her life. Grandma, is it that time already? Oh, I'm afraid so, dear. But before I go... No, I've got to tell you something. Yesterday, I was way, way, way out of line. Yes, you were. Well, maybe we both were. But honey, please, let me finish. What you do with your life is your business and no one else's. That's right. (laughs) Kate, I never should have opened my mouth to begin with. We're getting married. (gasps) You're getting as soon as we get back home. Oh, that's wonderful. As soon as we get back home. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I am so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> well, what happened? What changed your mind? Something I said? No, something Rick said. No. <laughs> Actually, it was something Rick said, but you got me started. I realized that I wasn't standing in the way as much as your grandfather was. Oh? Well, I just couldn't see Chester and me living in the same house with all those memories. Oh, so <laughs> what happened? We're buying a condo. Oh! Right. Come on, sweet cakes, we'll miss our plane. Okay, honey lamb. <laughs> Kate, guess what Chester just told me? Yeah, Grandma and Chester get married. <laughs> Lucky guess. Yes, this is about getting married? Rick, you're... Uh, Let me tell him. Chester and I are getting married. You don't have to, do you? What? Hey, Grandma. Yes, it is. But just in case you learned the wrong lesson from all of this, if I ever hear of you living with a girl and not being married, you'd better be 68 years old or I'll come back here and take you over my knee. Alright, so Kate's grandmother comes down and Kate's like, oh, you don't have to leave yet, do you? And Mildred's like, I'm afraid I I have to, I'm sorry. And Kate decides to apologize, like, I'm so sorry, you know, what you do with your life is your business and nobody else's. And Mildred keeps trying to butt in and she finally does and says, I'm getting married. Chester and I are getting married. He's like, ah! Oh my gosh, I'm so, oh my heart, I love this, oh. And Kate is so excited, and it turns out that her, um, Mildred's memories of her husband were what kind of, were kind of keeping her from wanting to move forward with Chester and get married, and... They, you know, she and Chester decided to build, buy buy a condo, which is like, yeah, great. I mean, definitely, you know, if you feel you're ready to move forward and you just, you're, you know, that's why some people do do that. They're, they're living in the house where they're, you know, they have all these memories with their spouse and it's like, they're never going to not 
want and miss and love their spouse, but it's like sometimes it's like you gotta, you know, turn over a new leaf and, and, and make changes for yourself. And you know that, you know, your your spouse if they passed out wouldn't want you to sit there and wallow and cry and just, just be sitting in those those memories and just be living off those happy memories and stuff. They want you to go out and, you know, be be living and starting making new memories and everything. And I just, I love this so much. So, Edward comes in he's like, hey, guess what Chester just told me? And Kate's like, they're, yeah, they're getting married. He's like, aww. <laughs> he's like, oh, I was gonna tell And I like how when Rick comes down, I love his shirt. It's like a black sweat um, sweater with like pink diamonds or something. It's got a, co- a pink collar kind of popping out. I really like that. Um, also, I like how Kate and Edward were going to tell Rick, but Miller's like, no, let me do it. She says, Chester and I are getting married. And it's just like, oh. And of course, I love the advice she gives to Rick. Now, if I if I come back and I hear that you're you're living with a girl you're not married to, you better be 68 years old. So, okay, she is 68. She's not in her 70s. Gotcha. All right. But I loved this episode. I really, really loved this episode. It was so good. And just like the last one, I mean, I didn't see anything wrong with this. I'm getting five out of five trains. I just, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I love Mildred. I love Chester. Love them together, being so lively and dancing and... Everett and Kate can't keep up and you know they care about Mildred and I just, I like that you know Edward did talk with Chester kind of getting a feel for like okay what's the situation here and Chester saying well I did I proposed many times she just doesn't want to yet and I like also how I love I love Mildred and Rick's scenes I them so much. They're just so amazing. And I love that Mildred spoke her mind and she said to Kate, like, what he and I do is our business and not yours and you need to butt out. And I like that Kate did apologize. And I love that they're Chester and Min- uh, Mildred are getting married. Ah! Um, Silver Spoonful is simple in two ways. As far as Rick goes, your 17-year-old, do not be bringing over your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever over while your parents... I understand that it's like, yeah, you can have them in your room, but you have to have the door open. I wouldn't even let... If I had a teenager, no way would they be having their significant other with them in their bedroom. No, no, no. As far as in the case of Mildred and Kate, we all need to realize that our parents or grandparents are people outside of who they represent in our lives whether parents grandparents whatever and realize that they are adults that are capable of making their own decisions and that we need to kind of step back and let them make them deci- their decisions on their own and offer you know guidance and advice if they ask if they ask don't throw your advice out there where it's not warranted so so that's my silver spoonful. All right, so join me next week for season five, episode 21, entitled Pardon My French, which aired on February 27th, 1987. In this episode, we have Grandfather Stratton, who is making 
John Houseman's making his final appearance as Grandfather Stratton in the series. He returns from France, surprising everyone with his much younger fiance. Why do I feel like this is kind of similarly in the same vein as thoroughly modern Mildred, although it's dealing with a parent and not a grandparent? Yeah. And season five, episode 22, entitled Educating Rick, which aired on March 2nd, 1987. In this episode, disappointed by Rick's interest in party schools, because being Rick is 16, almost 17, he's going to be starting to look at colleges. Edward steers him toward a more rigorous all-male college, which, what? Why? Why do you feel the need your son has to go to an all-male college? Edward, I doubt you went to an all-male college. So why are you forcing your... Ugh, I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes I just kind of wonder about his, I, I mean, it's great that he wants his son to get straight A's, but he's just really drilling it into his head. Like, you need to get straight A's. I don't expect any less of you than that. Really putting pressure. It's just, ugh. But when Rick and Brad, oh, Brad, ugh. Attend an open house weekend. They have a hard time restraining their interest in the local female students. Oh boy. Yes, Eric's interest in party skills. Let's see. Oh, we got quite a few guest stars. Who in the world? I don't know who Charles is. Dean Stockman. Or Stockwell. <laughs> um, We got Brad. We got Heidi Kozak. Headed as Bonnie, Helen Undy as Sherry, Curtis Marlowe as Philip, and Larry Spinak as Spencer. Are these boys, Philip and Spencer, friends that we will never see again? Because who knows? All right, so those are the episodes. I hope you guys enjoyed them. I had a fun time covering these episodes, as I always do. So. Have a great week, everybody. And please continue to be safe out there. Bye-bye.